Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Soccer Summer Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ruiz, and this podcast will be covering all the major international tournaments, Copa America, the Euros, and the CONCACAF Gold Cup, all happening this summer. And just two for this first episode, I'm going to be talking about the CONCACAF Nations League, their first ever final, USA and Mexico. One of the greatest rivalries in all international soccer. And wow, did it feel like a rivalry. It was such a good match to watch. So stay tuned and be talking about that this episode. But yeah, just overall letting you guys know, all summer long, it's going to be episodes about the Euros and Ronaldo's Portugal. Can they repeat Copa America? Can Messi finally win a trophy with Argentina? And of course, here locally in CONCACAF, USA, Mexico, will they meet again in the, in the Gold Cup final? We'll have to see. But without further ado, let's get started onto the podcast. everybody hoping you guys are having a good day so far i'm recording this on a tuesday a couple days after the usa mexico match just to marinate what's going on just really dive deep into this game i've taken a lot of match notes on the match from sunday at in denver um but let me just get started and say this the Concacaf needed this game for the nation's league final the CONCACAF Nations League was basically a ripoff of the European model and what they're doing over there. And they're just trying to apply that to CONCACAF. To be quite frank, this tournament really was just a quick cash grab. USA and Mexico final, who doesn't want that? And people are going to tune into that no matter what. And for the semifinals, those games really, sure, uh, the Mexico game did go to penalties. But those games kind of a little felt like glorified friendlies, to be honest. The final did not. The final I'll talk about later. But if we're talking about the semifinals, USA and Honduras, USA struggled throughout the match, though they got a late winner. Mexico, they were making chances, couldn't capitalize. Game went to penalties, and Memo Ochoa stopped a penalty, sending Mexico to face off against the USA in the final. I really didn't know what to expect from this tournament. So far, everything that you could have asked for in a rivalry match final, USA and Mexico, happened on Sunday night. Now, this is important, not only for um, the USA, who ended up winning, but just really important for CONCACAF. The Nations League, everybody viewed this as, what the hell does this tournament mean? Should I be paying attention to this? Is it really worth sending our best 11 to this tournament? CONCACAF right now is smiling. After a great final between uh, USA and Mexico, this trophy does have a little weight to it. USA coming back multiple times, beating Mexico. I know next time around, if this tournament does get played, Mexico are going to beat the crap out of the USA. They're going to want to do that. This trophy just got a little bit more value to it after that final. But moving on, talking about the match, um, the USA had a couple of changes in their 11. Um, one of the notable players that I'll also get to later, Tim Ream, comes into the match uh, in the starting 11. And for Mexico, they don't really have a true number nine or a true quality number nine. So yeah, Chucky Lozano starting up at that striker role with Tecatito Corona on that left wing. 
and then Uriel Antuna on that right wing. First minute in, 90 seconds. Mark McKenzie with a giveaway. Tecatito Corona pounces on that. And immediately the USA, I mean, excuse me, immediately Mexico are winning 1-0. It really felt like, hey, this could be one of those matches where Mexico just bashes the USA. An error from one of your defenders. And easy giveaway goal. Tecatito's going to finish those. And it really felt like Mexico was getting a good grip on this game. And I thought we weren't going to look back. I thought Mexico were probably going to win this 4-3-0 at the minimum. And then the USA decides to switch what it started out. Was a back back three with uh, the two wingbacks, Des and uh, DeAndre Edlin, Yedlin, coming in and out, either making it a back five or a back three. And they changed it to go to a traditional back four with Tim Ream kind of playing that left back spot. And Serginho Dest really, really, um, really shines in the attack. But I've said it multiple times, I'm still not sold on this defensive game just yet. Now, my only thing with Serginho Dest is his defensive positioning. Really, I'm not taking a knock. He's a great, phenomenal player. And I'm glad to see he's getting quality minutes at Barcelona. The only thing I do question is how is the U.S. going to adjust when it comes to Serginho Dest getting up in the attack and now there's more space and somebody needs to cover for him. That's what I saw a lot of in the Switzerland match. And that's what really a lot of people were talking about when that match occurred. Now let's go forward into the timetable with the 24th minute. Hector Moreno gets across from uh, HH. And it is a goal, but it's marked offside. It went to VAR. And the referee said that this uh, goal, that Hector Moreno was offside, Tim Ream, again, almost, almost uh, gave a goal to Mexico. And man, um, it looked like Mexico was already getting off to a really good start, 2-0. Luckily, that goal didn't count. USA players even, too. It looked, they thought that was an offside. You can see Serginio Dest in frustration, kind of pointing some fingers out, maybe. And overall, the team was not looking good just right when that goal happened. You can tell by the body language, they were already frustrated, already rattled. And it looked like Mexico was to take this. Luckily for them, VAR bailed them out. Now we're going to go into the 26th minute, two minutes after that Hector Moreno offside goal. Christian Pulisic crosses in the corner. Weston McKenney heads it to the post. And Gio Reyna is there to put it into the back of the net. Set pieces, man. Set pieces. Alexi Lalas would love to talk about set pieces right now. I'm pretty sure he is. They killed Mexico. Their zonal marking was not working at all when it came to defending corner kicks. It was horrible. And Giorena right there to pounce on the ball. Antuna, a little too late reactions to try to clear that out and try to slide to maybe get a deflection. And USA were backing it. 1-1. Weston McKinney, again, showing off the athleticism, jumping up into the air. He spent a lot of time with Ronaldo Juventus, probably learned a thing or two. Gets up into the air. Over, over all the defenders from Mexico, heads it to the post, 
And Gio Reyna is just going to pounce on that and easily score. That was great for the U.S. Two minutes prior, they were almost down 2-0. Now the game's tied. Tied, and it seems like it's a fresh new match after that, really. In the 42nd minute, if I'm correct, Hector Moreno lofts the ball over the U.S. defense, and Chucky Lozano, with his speed, gets in behind. And it's just one-on-one. Zach Steffen, Chucky Lozano. Stefan wins this, makes a good save. And overall, while Stefan did get injured, he did make an impact to this match. You you can't you can't say he didn't. Um if they go down two to one, I can see this whole second half and extra time not even happening, to be honest. I think Mexico will try to maybe get another goal, maybe get a bit more defensive. But if they go two one into half, I don't think the USA wins this. Zach Steffen came up big, and sure, it wasn't his night today getting injured and the other backup goalkeeper getting all the spotlight. He did his job pretty well. Um, there's obviously going to still be that competition for that number one uh, that number one spot on the men's national team. Zach Steffen, Ethan Horvath. I will say Steffen did what he needed to do when he was called upon. He had a decent match before getting injured, but that question is still going to linger now. Ethan Horvath or Zach Steffen? Now, at halftime, the game, afterwards, after halftime, the game was uh, was a bit sloppy, I will say. Just uh, trying to get back into what they were doing in the first half. And nothing really to break the deadlock. Mexico had his chances. They had the possession of the ball the most. And overall, I thought Mexico deserved it in this match. Just how they were playing. That pressing system. Lofting balls over. I thought Mexico should have won this match. But at the end of the day, you got to capitalize on those chances, and they didn't. One of those chances they had, Diego Linus comes in, straight swap with Uriel Antuna. Antuna had been doing good, getting dangerous wide play, but he couldn't cut in. He couldn't really do anything else. And that was really what was kind of holding Mexico's attack for a good chunk of the second half. So when Diego Linus comes in, Diego Linus is good when it comes to controlling the ball, when it comes to just uh, trying to find his spot and trying to look for areas to run into. He excels in that. And Linus in the 78th minute scores a goal, cuts in on the left and scores. Tim Ream gives up a little too much space for Diego Linus. Linus hits that, goes through the legs of the defender, and Ethan Harvath's not going to stop that. So Diego Linus puts Mexico up 2-1. to one. I remember looking at the game and seeing that uh, Carlos Salcedo was about to come into the match. And it looked like Mexico was going to play some defensive ball for the next 10 minutes. Chaco Rodriguez loses his footing, his balance, and gives up a corner when there's nobody nearby him. Nobody nearby him. And Chaco Rodriguez loses his balance and his easy corner for the USA. And wouldn't you know it, set pieces again. Weston McKinney jumping over Jesus Gallardo and tying this match 2-2. Two two. Again, zonal markings not going to work against the USA. And ultimately, I don't think zonal markings is an effective tactic if you want to defend corners. Weston McKinney levels the game again. Or he does this time. 
But McKinney was huge when it came to that first uh, corner. Basically, the sole reason how the USA was able to score both of these goals. And aside from the set pieces and what he's done uh, in the corners, he was phenomenal in the midfield. He was everywhere. He was tracking back. He was putting good balls forward for the attack. Once the game got into the later stages, it did start to open up a lot more, and McKinney became a lot more dangerous. He was a great player. Great player. If it wasn't for Ethan Horvath, he's probably my man of the match. You you can't get that kind of production from any midfielder, really. Not all midfielders are built the same. Weston McKinney, man, is a guy that the USA are going to treasure for the next decade. And then we go to extra times. USA, Mexico, extra time. You couldn't write it any better. At the 110th minute, there's a penalty call for the USA. Christian Pulisic inside of the box. Carlos Salcedo is shielding the ball with his right foot. And then uh, I think he takes down Pulisic with his left foot. Personally, I thought that call wasn't a penalty. thought it was a little too weak, especially at a game of this caliber. I thought uh, Carlos Salcedo was being physical, shielding the ball. And then Pulisic kind of just got involved there and fell over. Um, they went to review it and said that, yes, it was a penalty. Pulisic, who was quiet for the whole match, really. Good part on Mexico for that, for making sure his impact on the game wasn't stamped onto the pitch. Pulisic puts a perfect penalty kick. Great accuracy and good shot power on it, too. No goalkeeper in the world is going to stop that penalty. And then you have the picture of him silencing the Mexican crowd. Probably one of the coldest pictures of the year. Just looking at that, man. Pulisic didn't do much, but when he was called upon, he finished. And that's really what's most important. We get to, I think, around the 115th minute, another penalty call. Uh, set piece, corner. Mark McKenzie, if I'm correct, is called for a handball. I didn't think that was a penalty either. I thought there wasn't enough time for McKenzie to react to the ball in its direction heading towards his hand, but they did call it. Andres Guardado, he's been he's been a penalty taker for the Mexican national team for his caps that he's played, and he's been good at converting them. Ethan Horvath steps up. You can, you can see Christian Pulisic telling him before, go with your gut. Go with your gut and dive where you think it's going to go. Guardado hits it poorly, I would say. I don't think the positioning of where he's trying to hit that ball, I don't think it's top-notch. I thought that was a poor poor penalty in general. And then with that right hand, Ethan Horvath, strong right hand, parries that away. And now it's all up for the USA to defend. Ethan Horvath, man, kid from Colorado. Comes up big in this final, being played in Denver, Colorado, and ultimately was the reason why the USA won this match. Was really, really good when they called upon his number and he delivered. And with that, USA won three to two over Mexico, extra time. You couldn't have scripted it any better. While the USA, they did get this victory. I think there's still a couple questions to be asked. Number one, can you score from open play? All the goals for the USA in this match 
were through set pieces, not open play. Mexico scored uh, both their goals in open play. So, you know, they can score at any moment, right? If the ball's at their feet, they're looking dangerous, you know they can score. The USA struggled with that in this CONCACAF uh, Nations League final. They weren't looking good for moment play. The set pieces bailed them out. How long is that going to work? My question number two for USA. Is Greg Berhalter really the guy? His tactics aren't amazing. Greg Berhalter, aside from, you know, coaching up this team, has been extremely important when it comes to the dual nationality of some of these players, right? For example, Serginho Dest, he could have played for the Netherlands. But Greg Berhalter... The player manager that he is, you know, had conversations with Serginho. Be like, hey, we're the biggest, we're one of the biggest teams in our region. You will definitely be starting 11 quality for all our tournaments. And if we can get you and a bunch of other people that I'm trying to talk to, we can easily qualify for the World Cup. I don't think Burhalter, if the time comes, because I'm still not convinced on Greg Burhalter, I don't think he should be fired or just be kicked out from the U.S. men's soccer, but instead be put kind of at a different position where, hey, I can still talk to these people who can represent the USA and I can get them to play for us. But I'm just not sold on Greg Berhalter's tactics just yet. And there's also questions for Mexico too, right? Because I feel at the end of the day, Mexico learned a lot more than the USA did learn. Mexico now knows, hey, the zonal marking's not going to work when it comes to set-piece defending. You got to put a man on somebody. Watch out for Weston McKinney. Mexico, too, also know now that they need a real number nine. Enri Martin, Club America striker, not going to cut it. Hasn't been in good form for Club America. Alan Pulido, still improving with the national team. While he does get quality minutes at uh, Sporting Kansas City, I don't think he should be Mexico's first choice. Raul Jimenez, who had a horrific head injury. Still recovering from that. I don't think he'll probably play in these this summer's tournament at the Gold Cup. But there's one guy still left that you can call. Javier Chicharito Hernandez. 7 for 7. Lata Martino needs to call up Chicharito Hernandez again. He's Mexico's all-time leading goal scorer. You needed a player like Chicharito in the box in this final against the USA to really define on those opportunities that you have. This might be the downfall of Tata Martino if he doesn't call up Chicharito I think for the Gold Cup because Mexico now the pressure is on them to win a trophy all the pressure on this match was on the USA and Greg Berhalter I'm gonna be honest with you if the USA don't come out of this I think a lot of US MNT fans are calling for the head of Greg Berhalter now the roles are gonna be reversed in the Gold Cup because Tata Martino needs to win another trophy win back-to-back Gold Cups that's what needs to happen for Mexico so, yeah, interesting match. Like I said, probably one of the best USA and Mexico games of all time. So fun to watch. Uh, the crowd behavior really wasn't it. Throwing stuff at players. You know, we've seen that in, B- in the NBA with Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, even Trey Young. Somebody spitting on Trey Young. Don't do that kind of stuff to athletes, man. Don't do that. Oh, man, it was... I just didn't like what they were doing over there. But aside from that behavior, the match itself had a great atmosphere. It felt like a real rivalry game. The refereeing put the questionable calls most of the games. And overall, man, you couldn't have 
couldn't ask for a better game or a better inaugural final match for the CONCACAF Nations League. And with that, thanks for listening to the first episode of the Soccer Summer Podcast. Next episode, we'll be talking about the Euros and just previewing my expectations on some of the teams and how I think they'll do. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll get a new episode out for you soccer lovers soon. Thank you.